Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Blog Talk Radio. Quarter number one. 
Yes, we loud here in GFA Studios. We loud, we corny. We, we, we had Mama Williams in here the other night looking for our studios. She's like, whoa, she didn't realize that our studio is dope. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Super dope. She didn't realize we were doing it out of the house. That's what it was. We're not supposed to tell everybody. This is GFA Studios. <laughs> our studio is at home. We got a home studio. Home studio. You're right. You're right. <laughs> we need to upgrade some microphones. So we need a microphone right here for the, for the Facebook Live folks and things of that nature. Again, I want to say hello to those who are over there. Um, we need to do it like Red Table Talk. Have you ever seen Red Table Talk? Yeah, we definitely need to do something like that. But they full got on production. Full on production. Hey, we got some folks on here. Ooh, we got some girls involved at Durango High School uh, flag football program. So definitely, I would definitely drop you my number, and uh, we can talk some more. I, I love talking flag football, especially here in Vegas. So that's our mission with the Girls uh, Football Association. So we get more in depth than that. But in quarter number one, we're talking about hey, field. You know what I'm saying? We're talking about field, playing field. And the reason why I brought that up tonight, Carla, is because in this town, the desert of all places, we've had three high schools had to give up their football fields. What do you mean give up? They can't play home games at their football fields because they're not in good enough shape. They're turf fields. There's only like, uh, you know, the little same, 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 PTSD. Hey, <laughs> you know, the fields are old. And when I say old, most fields, you know, turf fields. They're not that cat. Mm-hmm. They're not watered. They're not seeded. Well, that's that's the hard field. I'm just talking about turf fields. There's three oh. fields in town. Everybody thinks that you can play on turf forever. But mm-hmm. if you ever seen these field turf, I mean, it's like blowouts. Have you ever had a, a tire that blew out and had a big hole? Mm-hmm. A couple of these fields have those uh, situations going on. Well, how many schools do you think have turf fields in uh, town? In this town, the public schools, we got Arborview. We have Valley, we have Clark, um, and that's it. It's three schools. So oh, okay, Rancho. I was like, those are the three schools. That- <laughs> There's four schools. Three out of the four fields are closed because the fields are deemed unsafe. Oh, wow. And I've never heard that before, let alone one field, but four, three out of four fields. And what wind up happening is the fields have a, a lifespan of 10 years, mm-hmm. and the school district did not – re-up the fields, mm. you know, and they're turf fields. They're, they're wonderful, wonderful. Matter of fact, I got some samples here that we're going to talk about tonight for those who are on the, uh, on the, on Facebook Live and Instagram. We got some, some, some turf fields that we're going to talk about. But, you know, that, that's what brought up the topic tonight, son, to, to, to see a high school, not one, not two, but three high schools have to give up their whole season and go on the road and play because their fields weren't upkeep. Wow. Or upkept, my bad. Upkeep is not the right word. Upkept. And, and and who put the bill for those turf fields? The school themselves? Well, that's or? the school district. I mean, you're talking about a million-dollar field. But I'm saying the school district paid for those fields? Yes. Okay, but yes. why only four schools? <laughs> well, they were test marketing the fields. Oh, okay. I mean, because the, the issue was the turf was super hot, and mm-hmm. this is when the new field turf came out. That's this turf right here. This is the field turf. This is the new turf? No, this is the new field turf. Feel that? It feels like grass. This one actually looks like more like grass. The other one looks more like shiny. Plastic. Plastic. This, this looks a little bit more like, you know, like your, your fake Christmas tree. You want it to look as real as possible. Yeah, that's what that is right there. <laughs> but, you know, 
the Bills get overused in this town. Um, well, we, we, we satisfied the situation where we're going to have earthquakes, and we still oh, get earthquakes. All right. So, anyway, the fields are maintained by the district. Uh, if you go to the regular fields, they're grass fields. And everybody wondering, how do grass grow in the desert? It takes a lot of water, mm-hmm. a, lot of, a lot of seeding, a lot of time off the field. Mm-hmm. So, in this, in this part of the country, you have to either go with the field. A, a, a field turf, okay. or you go with a natural turf, and you got to weigh the cost. You know, for me, I look at spending about two hundred and fifty to three hundred thousand dollars for the field turf, and about another five hundred thousand dollars to actually put it down and and do all the maintenance work. Okay. Okay. Now, the average football field maintenance for gr- regular turf grass. Wait, turf or grass? Grass. Okay. Is about. Fifty to seventy thousand dollars a year to maintain. Jeez. Yeah, I mean that's watering, that's seeding, that's fertilizing, but that's also time that you got on the field. Fifty thousand. Yep. Oh, you're talking about in terms of cost for the watering, for the watering, the painting, the the grooming, the cutting the grass, as far as the the uh, the people that are hired to groom the field. Mm-hmm. So it might be more than that. I'm just throwing out numbers that sounds reasonable. Okay. But let's just say you took a full-time gardener and you paid him or her, you know, forty-five to fifty-five thousand dollars just to maintain that one football field. That's legit, right? For the year. For the year, but that's not including the fertilizer and the the maintenance of the supplies, the supplies and things of that nature. So you can easily look at a hundred thousand bucks per field to maintain. And then the thing about it, when you maintain that field, there's certain months that you wow. can't be on there. So. A national grass football field is probably only used six months out of the year. The other six months is to maintain it and keep it groomed. Right. So, again, you weigh the cons and pros pros and cons, and I'm like, I'd rather go with field turf. But you got to have money ready to go 10 years later. Okay. To to reestablish. Okay. Who knew? Well, the district knows now. I mean, I guess just like something has a life, a warranty, you know, so with the. You got to The turf. Right here. Oh, you can't. Can you guys hear me? Yeah, they can hear you. <laughs> hey, everybody. What's up, Michelle? Nicole. What's up, Mr. Washington over on Facebook Live? We doing what we do. We're talking about field turf. We're talking about what's best. Is it natural turf or field turf? I know at my high school in Carson, California, they went over to the, the, the field turf. Okay. And it looks good. Looks good. Because the field is painted. It looks nice. When we grew up there, that was just our practice field, so we wanted to play at Gardena High School because our stadium wasn't big enough and we had no lights. Mm-hmm. Um, so now my high school plays at home. How do they keep the paint on the turf? Uh, or do they have to keep repainting it? It paints only once. It's like a it's a wacky type of paint. Okay. Um, that just doesn't come up like regular paint. So it, I forgot the, the the name of the actual paint, but when it paints down, it's it's thick. Thickums. Okay. I call it thickum paint. But, I mean, they don't have to repaint it every so many years? Uh, you might have to repaint it maybe every three to five years, you know, to to keep it beautified and make it, and make it look good. But, again, the cost, when you're talking about a school district that has four And how often do you have to paint a grass field? Every week. You know, you're using uh, biodegradable paint mm-hmm. uh, that dissolves with water. So, again, if you're watering the grass consistently, of course, that paint's going to wash away. Gotcha. And so it only lasts a week, and then you got the man hours to paint it again. 
Mm-hmm. So that's why I'm all about the field turf. Right. But this is the first time that I've heard that field turf has gone bad mm-hmm. because it's only been around for about 15 years. So they got to shut out another million dollars per field. field. Yeah. Wow. So imagine if you got 40 fields. So you have to replace the whole turf. You can't just like. You can't stop. No. <laughs> you can't stop. Put in plug. It's like it's like a carpet. You know what I'm saying? It gets wear and tear, and you cut out a circle, that new carpet is going to definitely shine over the old carpet, yeah. even if it's not used, right? That's true. So you don't want to have a spotty field. So, you know, I'm doing some research on some turf. Uh, There's another reason why we came up with this, because, again, you know, the availability of fields in this town are, are sparse. Right. So we came up with a concept. Maybe uh, we'll introduce it to you guys a little bit later, but where we're going to be using rollout field, field turf for fields. Uh, indoors, of course. That's an idea. At convention centers. So, again, that's why I know the pricing of the fields. And we got some great things. The thing about it is there's only about a half an inch to a quarter of an inch of padding under this thing. Mm-hmm. And you can still feel it. You can feel that it, it's pretty pretty soft. Sturdy. Yeah, it's sturdy yeah. and soft. You know? But I can see, like, with weather, mm-hmm. you know, like rain or whatever, I know it's waterproof, but still, over time. Right. And you're talking about 115-degree heat just bouncing on it for 12 hours a day from, what, end of March, April through September. Mm-hmm. So you can imagine this get kind of hot, brittle, and all of those. I'm surprised things. it don't melt. Huh? <laughs> well, it, it might. It's a synthetic plastic. It's not even a plastic. Uh-huh. So, again, I, I like this field turf here because that feels like grass. But anybody else? Uh, you know, have any questions about field turf? What do you prefer to play on? You know, back in the 70s, they used to play on this turf cup that used to be at, the, at your, your grandparents' house on the porch. Mm-hmm. And, man, people were blowing out their knees, a lot of injuries. There was no patio. It was like playing on concrete. Ooh. So that's where the invention of field turf came in. So how does that work with, like, cleats and stuff? This works just like natural grass yes. and cleats. Okay. Yeah. So the cleats go into the grass just like normal, and you, as you can see, it builds up around the cleats. Okay. And you put your fingers in. Same gotcha. here. See that? It, it, it'll stop. So it, it definitely works with cleats. Uh, so they, they've made the turf safer and better. You know, again, going back to the natural grass, we've had issues at, at, at some of the schools with sinkholes because the water is constantly on or pipe breaks. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're looking at the field balding because of too much usage in one area, mm-hmm. and it's uneven. So you're looking at ankle injuries, knee injuries, and things of that nature. I know that the referees on the on the, on a game day by game day basis mm-hmm. are walking the fields. Well, who's responsible for maintaining the grass fields? The school? This the maintenance department. Of the school or the district? The district. Okay. Because there's and then of course you have maintenance on campus who grooms the field mm-hmm. but they don't do much work on the field. Mm-hmm. They might cut the grass, but they don't do any of the plumbing the plumbing, the piping. The watering, everything is centrally located. Mm-hmm. And actually, it was a big thing on a, on News 8 here in Vegas. Uh, Liberty coach, Rich Morocco, uh, was talking about the fields in this, in this town and how terrible they were and how embarrassed they were when the team came from Arizona to play them. And then the water sprinklers came on during the middle of the game. <laughs> and it took them 45 minutes to shut the water sprinklers down because there's no off switch on, mm-hmm. on they're campus. They're on timers. Yes, they're on timers. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, I got my man, Gerald Riggs. You know who that is? Hey, Gerald. Gerald is a Hall of Famer of the Atlanta Falcons. He's a he's a uh, alumnus of Bonanza High School, the greatest running back. At, I'm glad to see that you are on, on deck, Gerald. Everything is cool. 
Yeah, Coach Lee's not at Bonanza no more. I'm sorry about that, but we'll talk later about that if you want to. Uh, uh, that's something we'll talk about a little bit later. But today we're talking about field turf. So how does that compare to, you know, we're from California. Right. So different type of weather, mm-hmm. you know, grass stays greener longer. You know I mean? How does it compare with the field, the grass field out there? Well, I know the grass fields here in Vegas are like cement. If you don't water them consistently, they turn hard. The surface is hard. That's the dirt. It basically is dirt, yeah. It, it, the dirt gets hard, and um, I know we had an issue with that last year, even at Bonanza High School, where they cut the water off. The district wanted to save money. We had budget cuts, so guess what they cut? The water. watering. So we stopped watering in September, and by the time October came, those fields were rock, rock hard. Wow. And it was unfair for the girls who play flag football during the wintertime yeah. Because they're not watering in the winter. Not one, they're not watering at all in the wintertime, so they played on cement, basically. Mm. So, you know, it's it's it has its purchase benefits. I prefer to play on grass, but for the for the look of the game, I prefer the field turf because it just looks so much better. And it seems like so much n- nicer cushion to fall on. If you were going to fall, I probably want to fall on this. Grass is softer. You think? Oh, I know. I've been playing for a long time. Hmm. But grass is is. When you got some good grass, it's like laying on a pillow. Really? Yeah. <laughs> it's like laying on a pillow. When you got some good grass, it's, it's it's like laying on a pillow. Okay. All right. So again, you know, we talk about budgets. We talk about athletic departments. We talk about um, all those things that go down uh, at the school. As a head coach or as a coach, there's a lot more than just X's and O's. And I know that I spent a whole summer watering and fertilizing the grass uh, because the school district didn't do it. If I want to have green grass, I had to go out there and do it. I know I went to Bonanza this year. The maintenance department actually spent extra quality time because the field was so bad, mm-hmm. and they actually looked pretty good. I mean, I, I, I must say, it, it looked good. Do you think that there's more grass fields here on the West Coast than on the East Coast? or Definitely, because of weather. Okay. Because of weather, I mean, California, it's just about all grass. But now the high schools are spending money because of the aesthetic look of how it looks on TV because games are now aired on TV. Right. Um, you can go out there any time. It's already marked. You don't have to go out there. And, and, I mean, you see me in the morning. Mm-hmm. I've gone to the school first thing in the morning. What am I doing? I mean, when you see a church field in the high school, the first thing you think of is, man, this school must have some money. Yeah. Because we know it's not cheap. And then you get that whole look. Yeah. You know, the whole professional look. It definitely brings quality to your program. But it takes me about, by myself, it takes me about two hours to line a football field. Mm-hmm. Uh, with a person with me, it's taking anywhere between an hour and hour and 15 minutes. If I got three people, we can get it done in 45 because two people are always marking the line, and I'm just, and they're picking it up, and we're going, you know. Mm-hmm. I, I like my sound effects. <laughs> That's what it sounds like. But anyway, um, we're talking about field turf, you guys. Those who join us over on Facebook and those who are joining us over on Instagram. Again, what do you prefer, grass or field turf? You know, chime in, let us know. What's your pre- preferred? Have you ever priced field turf? Because I think the going price that we were looking at is about three, three and some change per square foot. Three ninety nine a square foot. Three ninety nine a square foot, and that's padded. And that's padded. See, this one right here doesn't have the pad is not attached on this one, but on that one, it is. Yeah. 
this is uh, 349, including both pieces, but right. it's not together. It's not together. But the pad, with the pad, it's 399 square foot. Now imagine how many square feet it is for a football field. It's You're talking about a 120 yards one way. You're talking about 53 yards the other way, and that's not including the outer parts of right. it, of it. So you know that's a lot of square footage, and that's where the biggest cost. But then the next biggest cost is laying it down, installing installation, installation. And you got to put down the the bed, the layer, the pebbles, then the pad, then the fill, and then you got to put the the rubber pellets on top to hold mm-hmm. the fill down. That's part of the weight. So, again, we gave you guys a quick update on filter, grass. What do you prefer? What, I mean, I'm an athlete. I got athletes jumping on here. Um, again, I prefer the grass because it's soft on the body, less mm-hmm. cuts. This gives you burns oh. when it gets hot. Yeah, it, 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 If you slide across this bad boy, it feels okay. But have about three or four hundred pounds on top of yeah. you and slide across. This is a lot softer than it'll be like a red burn. Yeah. So if you watch football on Saturdays, you'll see these guys with these little tape bands. That's what it's for. It's for burns. Okay. Because you most times you fall on your elbows and you fall on your shoulders. So that's what it's for. Now are the colleges all on turf too? I would say ninety ninety five percent of all colleges are field turf. It, it's just. It's in the budget. It's in the budget. <laughs> it's in the budget. High school, can't say. Yeah. But about 90 to 95% of all colleges are now with the field turf. Even their practice facilities have a field turf and natural grass based on where they're going to go play. Gotcha. Yeah, 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 yeah. So with that being said, you know what? Is there anything else you want to add to this whole grass versus turf? Nah. Nah, I no. like having the visuals. Yeah, you like that touch <laughs> Yeah, I yeah. know. That's what we do over here at Four Quarters of Coach Lee. We're we going to get samples and everything. And this is actually from uh, Everlast Artificial Grass is what it's called. Um, and this, I forgot the name of this particular one in comparison to the one that you have, Carla. Uh, they have names to them. Right. And uh, I just can't see right now the names because it's a little bit too small. Oh. But anyway, we're going to move on. Let's move on. Let's move on to quarter number Two. All right. All right. Quarter number two, what you got so on deck? We are going to talk about the nuts and bolts of running a team. A team? A team or a league. Team or a league. So basically, what are all the nuts and bolts? What are all the moving parts mm-hmm. to run a successful team or a league? And, and, I mean, I don't know. What do you think? Is there really a difference between the league and the team? Yes. Okay. I'm, I'm going to say yes. Because so let's start with the team, and then let's take it to the league. league. Okay. Okay. All right. So are we, what type of team are we talking about? Are we talking about type well, of Well, because we're talking about girls football, I would say if you were going to run a girls football team. Okay. Okay. What would be the nuts and bolts of running and building that team? All right. Let's, let's start off with, with the high school okay. as an example. Mm-hmm. Okay. If I'm starting up a football team at a high school and it's for girls, the first thing, of course, I would need is the head coach. Mm-hmm. I need to have somebody who has the X's and O's together that can put together a game plan uh, that's going to benefit my players by having a great teacher of the game. Right. Okay. Then that coach is going to have to have a coaching staff. How many? Well, right now for flag football, we only have three coaches okay. that get paid. 
Now, ideally, I would like to have three coaches per per level. Okay. So varsity, JV, and freshmen. So now we're looking at nine coaches in the overall program. That's ultimately what I would like. Mm-hmm. What we get is three. Okay. Okay. But so they just would teach each level. They would teach each level. But what you would do is your varsity, you have your head coach, you have your offensive coordinator, and your defensive coordinator. Uh, we don't do special teams, so we don't need special teams. So maybe two coaches per level. Staff. As far as staff. So let's go with six. That would be legit. Okay. okay. Nine is prime, but six should be. Six is legit. Six is legit. Two legit. All right, you keep shaking my <laughs> Sorry, you keep guys. My, anyway, so so what you have, you have an offensive coach and defensive coach. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what you would need. Okay. Uh, and, of course, your head coach would talk about their philosophy and what they want, be it they're on defense or offense, okay. and they teach at all levels. And then, of course, the other coach teach the, the other part of it, either offense or defense, to all three levels. Okay. And then the, the coaches will execute those things. Okay, so that's staffing. We got that's that. staffing. Okay. The next thing is recruiting, mm-hmm. putting together a, a plan to recruit. Okay. What type of athletes are you looking for? Are you just looking for anybody? Are you looking for pure athletes? What are you looking for? You know, and that's based on what you're going to run defensively and offensively of what you're looking for. Mm-hmm. You know, if you want to pass the ball a lot, then you need to find somebody who can throw. Okay. Who can catch. Okay. So if you want to be a fast so what, Okay. So, I mean, aside from the type of players, what are they going to do to recruit them? Yeah. Ah. You gotta be personal in this day and age. I mean, you mm-hmm. you gotta go out and touch and and reach out to these kids, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and and invite them. Invite them. It's not like when we grew up. We wanted to play. Mm-hmm. You didn't have to ask us twice. <laughs> Football can be out on the field, and we go out there and play. Right. Now you have to invite these kids. You know, it's a different generation of, of expectations of sports. Mm-hmm. But when you ask them, they feel included. Mm-hmm. A lot of our kids don't feel included. That's why they, they're gamers and, and texters and all that other stuff, because they don't feel included. Well, I feel that, of course, social media is the number one way of getting information out to people. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I would definitely, if you are running a team, have a page right. that you're promoting or even promote on your own page. Well, definitely. I mean, that's another part of it as far as recruiting. Mm-hmm. You know, create your own page via Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, because that's where a lot of our, our recruitees are at. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I know that um, it happens here. I don't see it as much as I did when I was in California, like in the L.A. area. Whenever there was a league or a team, you would see those big posters. The banners and everything. Like on the street. Right. Like on the telephone poles. But here in Vegas, kids don't drive, so True. they're not even out the house. So, you know, put but their parents there. do. Isn't it more for the parents, you think? Hmm? Don't you think it's more for the parents? It's more for the parents to, to see what they can get their kids into. My man Terrence said you didn't even have to ask once for some, for, for them to play. Right. I, that's old school for you, baby. That's old school. I understand, T. We didn't have to be asked. We just went, all right, and we showed up, all right? If we had the technology today, can you imagine the mud bowls that we would have had back then when it rained and everybody went to the park and played in six inches of water? But anyway, I'm so that's so – Okay, so that's the bread and butter, right? The right. coaches and the players, the, the bread and butter of the team. Now, what else is there involved with? Uh, so, again, you're using social media. You make an announcement. You have to have a meeting. Uh, you got to come up with your, your rule book or your expectations okay. of, of part of being a team. We talked about this last week with our what was that? rule book, culture. Rules and culture. 
You know, we talked about that. So you want to have that situation going on. Fundraising is another thing. You know, gear don't come free. Mm-hmm. So if you want fresh gear, you got to go out and fundraise. So you got to put together a fundraising committee amongst your coaches, amongst the players, figure out what they want to do as fundraisers, and then execute those things. Right. Okay. And that should be something that you've established prior to, right, prior to getting the team up and running? You, you want to get your initial fundraisers going, but, again, you want to be inclusive once again. Mm-hmm. If the kids aren't going to be as excited as I am, for doing the fundraising. Right. I might want to do a breakdancing contest. They look at me like, breakdancing? What's that? Right, right. You know what I'm saying? Right. So you want to include them into what we're doing. Uh, once you get that going, again, practice facilities, make sure you have your times and dates and locations all set up and taken care of. Admin backing. Yeah. you got to get the administration backing on what you're doing. Right. You know, that's, that's the key to success is having an administration when you work at a school mm-hmm. because they can get you the equipment that you might need. They might have the budget initially to get started, and they can supplement while you're fundraising, and then you can pay them back. Okay. Um, so at the high school level, I mean, those are the things that you have to do to start a team. Now, if you're independent and you're doing a women's situation or a men's semi-pro or, or youth program, it's the same thing. Are you keep kicking my Facebook live? My people are going crazy. <laughs> Man. So anyway, you know, with that being said, it's pretty much the same thing. You got to recruit. You got to get your coaching staff together. You know, but it's in this, uh, it's association with other teams. If you're going to create your own league within the city, mm-hmm. then you got to create you know six teams within the city, the same format that you did. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're creating a youth league, like our Premier Seven situation, then it's about recruiting, recruiting, going to places where or the girls or the boys, whatever league you're doing, that are playing. They might be playing basketball, mm-hmm. and you want to promote the next season, okay. you know, or volleyball or soccer. You know, you want to get out there and promote. What about scheduling? How does that work? Scheduling with the teams or the games? Well, oh. um, scheduling comes down to, again, getting your facility and finding out what's available. And then maximizing how much time it takes to run a game and then how many teams that you can maximize in that Six to so that would be more on the league side of the scheduling. Yeah, league side is definitely scheduling. If it's a team, it's about scheduling practice. Got it. Okay, but when it comes to games, it's it's scheduling. I know in the adult world, you know, the league puts the schedule together and then they send it out to the to the teams. Parents that get parents and boosters involved. Oh yeah, definitely got to get parents and boosters involved in the alumnus and stuff like that. So that's definitely. yeah. And the thing about the parents part, you have to ask. Yeah. You know, you have to let them know exactly what you need. And, I mean, I know that they were a big help with the girls' football team last year. Yes. You know, with donating all of the concession stands, foods and snacks and drinks and stuff like that. Right. Now it's part of our culture and our rules. You know what I'm saying? Everybody don't have money to buy stuff. But that's a great fundraiser. But some most invest. people have access to get food. What do you mean don't have access? No, they do have access. Oh, okay. They don't have money to give. Right, right. They won't give you $100. But they'll go buy some food. But they'll go buy some hot dogs. $30 sometimes. worth of food that can create $200 worth of once you sell So that was one of the good things that we did uh, as far as getting the parents involved. you got to get parents involved. Yeah, we didn't have to spend any money on food. No. They, they were able to set us up for the whole season. Right. I think we had everybody bought one case of water, one case of soda, uh, one box, box of hot, hot dogs, dogs, one can of nachos, case and, of chips, and a case of chips. 
and then we bought the bread and stuff fresh as right. we went. And so when you got 85 girls, you got 85 times 30 hot dogs, 50 hot dogs in the, in the case, that's a lot of hot dogs. That's 4,500 hot dogs, basically. Yeah. You know? So, again, you start adding it up. You sell 45 hot dogs at a dollar, that's $4,500 you make. So you can make your money or two dollars uh, or two dollars a hot dog. I like the beef dogs, so I charge the two dollars as opposed yes, to the wieners. So That's my preference. I got you. It, <laughs> it is. It's what she does. It's what she does. You know what I'm saying? It I is think about customer satisfaction. You know. Yes, definitely that. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? When you're building a team on on that level, again, you got to incorporate travel. travel. How are you going to get there? Uh, what the cost is going to be for that? Is it cheaper to buy your own van or buy your own bus or rent? Mm-hmm. Um, safety is an issue when it comes to driving. Insurance, Insurance is you got to talk about um, buying the equipment. Buying the equipment. Is it going to be player bought or is it going to be team bought? If it's school bought, of course, the school pays for all that up front. Right. Um, so it, it 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 is it's it's a lot of nuts and bolts that creates that machine of, of a football team. Again, it depends on what you're trying to build. Okay, if you're trying to build a, a premier seven football league, you know, one, you got to find a geographical area that has a lot of kids. Mm-hmm. So what we're doing is we're saying build it in and around the high school, middle school, and elementary. Mm-hmm. Most counties, most cities are built in a particular way where there's one high school, there might be three junior high schools, and there might be six to seven elementary schools in that one area to feed each other. What about the bus there? Karen, you talking about my the showgirl bus, the bus. I still got hey, it. Hey, you know what? Every coach ain't able. But yes. Coach Lee, he got it done. I make it happen, and I still got that bus. And I haven't put it on the road in about three or four years. Yeah. But it's just sitting right now. So if anybody want to purchase it, I mean, I got a fire sale going on right now. Four forty-five hundred. <laughs> no, forty-nine ninety-nine. Forty-nine ninety-nine. You can have that bus. <laughs> it seats 47 people, and let me tell you, it outruns any bus out there on the road because I've done it. <laughs> I've outran everybody with that 82 MCI 9. <laughs> you know what it is. Yep. So, again, those are some of the things that, you know, for me, I purchased a bus because it was cheaper to buy the bus. Right. I wind up getting a great deal. travel for every player every season. Yeah, it, it cost me $3,500 for a round trip to San Diego and back, and that was 24 hours. How much? Thirty five hundred to rent a bus. Oh, to rent a bus. To rent a bus. You know, so I looked at it like this. What I paid for that bus, we did four trips. It was paid for. It paid for itself. Right. You know, when you rent a van, people don't realize, oh, we can just rent, you know, three fifteen passenger vans. Mm-hmm. Well, one is uncomfortable. Two, you got different people driving and you ain't never been on the road with these people. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And that's a liability if right. you're the owner of the team. Um and it's still costly. Even if you got the the, the rental van for a hundred dollars for the twenty four hours or forty eight hours, mm-hmm. you still got to pay for the gas to get there, and you got to fill it up before you turn it back in. So you still spend about three hundred to three fifty per van. So you're still looking at a thousand dollars for three vans, yeah, for a weekend turnaround. You know, so again, one whole season on trips, you could have bought you a bus, but some people don't realize that. You got to find where the deals are. With the school district, and you got to worry about that. Well. Those buses cost five hundred dollars okay. to operate per wherever they go per day, so it's still a cost. 
Right. It's a built-in cost to the school district. True that. But it still costs us as a team if we want to use the extra buses to take fans and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So, again, nuts and bolts, nuts and bolts, nuts and bolts. Again, insurance is, is one that really you got to work on, be it at high school you got to have insurance, be it a semi-pro, pro, uh, be it youth football. Mm-hmm. Um, I know for youth flag football, it averages out to about eight dollars per per kid mm-hmm. to have insurance covered, and that's a million dollar, two million dollar policy, okay. which is is needed to to rent fields. Got it. So there's a cost for everything that you do. True that. And uh, like I said, we so just have a good accounting system, keeping that budget intact. Yeah, you gotta have an accounting system. You gotta have somebody that can deal with budgets and let you know if you you on budget, are you under budget, are you over budget. Uh, ordering gear, ordering uniforms. Right, there's a posting area. So our live went crazy. Can you put us back up uh, up there? Carla? Our live died. Live died. Our live died. But don't worry about it. We're going to still continue as we on Blog Talk Radio. That's um, right. You know, the um, money's everything. And, and that's part of the, the nuts and bolts. You gotta have a you gotta budget everything out from food to water to Gatorade to to uniforms, mouthpieces, extra pads, all those things. Oh, what am I doing here? You gotta go to me. I am you. There you go, and then go to that, and then hit live. There we go. Live, 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 all the way live. So here we go. We back up and rolling. We're back. <laughs> I don't know what you got to go happen. live right here. Yeah, so the budget just works that way. It, it just happens, and those are nuts and bolts. Um, but you got to have the right people on your team that can do every, some of everything. You know, it can't be a one man show. Yes, yes. Or yes. one woman show. It can't. It can't be. You need a team, and um, you know. And then again, putting the schedule together where it maximizes your time, your effort, and the money. Mm-hmm. So that's something that you definitely got to do. The video is gone. We're back. Yeah, we're back live. So go to our <laughs> on, on Instagram. Uh, we back live. Let me put my man up here. We back. We back. <laughs> oh, so We back. So for those of you who just joined us, because we did have to come back on live, we were talking about the nuts and bolts of starting a team or a league, mm-hmm. you know, and um, basically – everything that's involved with running an organization. So um, are we good on that, Coach Lee? Well, I mean, do you have any other questions that's regarding – I mean, there's a lot of other things. I mean, when you talk about nuts and bolts, we're talking about nuts and bolts. We're talking about down to the to the, to the screws you on the back. You were talking about gear. That's, before we went off, you were talking about buying gear. Is it worth buying gear? You know, and I'm not talking about for the players. I'm talking about merchandise to sell. If you have a fan base, yes. If you don't have a fan base, if you got 100 100 to 150 people coming to your game, it's not really worth it. And I got caught up, bought a bunch of stuff Mm -hmm. because I thought I was going to have, you know, 500 to 2,000 people at every game and it's going to go like like hotcakes. Well, it went like hotcakes, but we had such a small crowd. Mm-hmm. That it continuously it built and built and built. I think the most that we've ever had at a, at a home game for Showgirls was about fifteen hundred. Okay. But that was like year number three, and then it fell off. And you know, yeah, I mean, it's exciting at first, and people jump on, but then 
and give you one of those, you know. Right, right, right. And that's how women's football has been for the last 15 years that I've been involved. You know, you have some great teams, but you don't have great teams playing great teams each and every week. Mm-hmm. And a lot of your fans, they come to see, yeah, they want you to win, but they want it to be exciting. They want it to be a game and stuff like that. And that's where the balance of women's tackle football has not lived up to its to the standards. Now, what about investing in, like, development for the coaches? Do you think that's something that is worth spending money on? Oh, yeah, definitely. That clinics, camps, uh, you can never not learn enough. Right. You know, so that's another investment. That's another part of your budget of are we going to get our coaches better? Are are we training our coaches? Are are we getting players involved in that? Because players can go too. Yeah. Players think, oh, that's for coaches. No, it's all about football IQ. You got to get your IQ up, and that's part of the game. Uh, for the women, it really hasn't gotten there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know I introduced it in 2008 to start getting there. Uh, but with everybody living so far away and they already got to pay to play, they're not trying to pay to learn more. I get you, know? you. So we're working on it. We're working on it. But isn't that the co- culture of coaching in general, though? It's to invest in your development. Yeah, just like uh, what, what, what's here and say. Some coaches are trash. Well, well, they are because they don't put t- the time and effort into learning more than what they already know, you know. And some of them just need to work on their people skills. Well, yeah, definitely. Like coaching is definitely about people skills, motivation skills, getting into the psyche of the player to get more out of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I've – I ain't going to say I've mastered that, but I know what gets under my player's skin because I know them on a personal basis. Mm-hmm. I know what they want and what they're striving for. And if they're not giving me what they want, Mm -hmm. I'm letting them know that you're not giving me what you want, let alone what I want. Right. Right? So maximizing their potential, maximizing their athletic ability uh, is definitely something that has to be taught. Okay. Mm -hmm. You know. And then what about the end of the season stuff, like the banquets and all of that? Yeah, you got to incorporate a banquet. I mean, I know my first year with the Las Vegas Showgirls, I I spit the bill for steak dinners for everybody. Ooh. Yeah, I was big time. I was big time then. Uh, everybody got a trophy. It was something that was unheard of for women's football. Normally, it's just a little get-together, and that was it. But I made it a big deal because I wanted it to be a big deal. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And with that being said, you know, that brought more girls to come and play. Yeah. So even in the high school level, we've, we've had lavish banquets, and we've had some mediocre, mm-hmm. you know, banquets. They all went well, but what do everybody remember? The food? The food. <laughs> and also the what? The venue. Yeah. The true. football banquet that we had our second year for Bonanza uh, was in a wedding hall. Mm-hmm. And the cake was outrageous. You know, the food was good. The bling blings all over the place. I mean, the the, the kids felt good about it. We had right. picture places where they could put in different hats and, you know, pictures and props and all that other stuff. Like having a prom for so, football. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So it was the environment. That Plus we were the parents, so it was like 250 people. Yeah, close to 300, yeah. that on And that particular banquet, it was close to 300 people. And, you know, it averaged out to about $10 a plate. Mm-hmm. So that's about 3000 bucks that we had set to the side. Of course, that the company threw in a whole bunch of extras because they wanted the business. Right, right. And I'm a good talker, so we got that. Uh, what's up, Mario? What's up, Tiffany? Welcome to Fourth Quarter, Coach Lee and Carla. You know, we, we we work in this thing. We've been working on topics. You know, we did fields. We did nuts and bolts. 
and uh, that's what we're working on. What does it take to, to run an operation, a team, a league, uh, and just the little things, you know. People just don't realize that it's the little things that make the difference, mm-hmm. you know. You can have a big banner to come out and play, but you got there. We need to talk about referees. Yeah. You know, you got to get the referees. You got to get the down markers. You got to get the field mark. You know, we're talking about that with the fields. The equipment and stuff. The equipment and stuff, exactly. So it takes a lot to really run. Mm-hmm. You know, I think people look at the end result, and they, they like me. They calculate, wow, there's a 1,000 kids out here. They all paid $200. Mm, 1,000 times 200. Is that twenty thousand? Yeah. That's twenty thousand dollars. That's what, that's what people are looking at, you know. So, no, that's more than twenty thousand. Well, but that's two hundred thousand. Yeah. One, two, three. Yeah, two hundred. That's two hundred thousand dollars. So let me get my math skills together. I'm sorry, folks. I mean, I'm getting older. Sorry. You know, but yeah, it's money to be made. It's money to be made in youth sports. Um, it's no more recreation sports anymore. It's youth. Private sports, and uh, I know we have an avenue for people to join in. If you want to get more information, you can hit us up uh, at Girls Football Association at Gmail dot com. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can reach out to me personally at seven zero two eight seven four eight zero five eight. Are you sure it's eight seven four eight four seven? Is it eight four seven eight zero five eight? Okay, she got it. I told you, I'm forgetting. I'm being forgetful. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Terrence, ease off my calculating skills, man. I got you. <laughs> 200,000, baby. I was, you know, I took off a zero. 200,000. Yeah, 200,000. That's all you had to say. That's all we had to say. But we good. We good. But it's money to be made. There is money to be made. And so, like I said, we have opportunity for, for those women football teams out there who are looking for opportunities. Um being, be it that, you know, the women pay to play, we think that it's a great idea to be involved. In well, when we're talking football. about the youth, we're mainly talking about the leagues. We're talking about leagues, yeah. Because the leagues are the ones that are actually making the money. The coaches are generally volunteers. Yeah, definitely. They're volunteers. It's not, it's, it's, there's no money in coaching. I mean, from youth coaching to high school coaching, unless you're in Texas and you're head coach in Texas, you might make $120,000 just to coach football. But it's really at the, the Division two level and up where there's money. Right. Division three and NAIA, there's no money. High school, there's no money. JC, there's no money. But, you know, there's some some high schools across the country that take it serious. Mm-hmm. I know here in Vegas, uh, Sanchez gets over $100,000 just to coach football and he's the dean of, of a school, you know. Yes, Terrence, what quarter is it, Coach? Quarter number three. I have daughters, I have a wife, I have a grandma, 
I have a mom. He has a vision and a mission. A vision and a mission. True that, true that. So let's move on to quarter number three. Quarter number three. 13 minutes to go. Okay. Uh, we, we're going to talk about international football. Okay. And we're talking about American football. American football across these or across the borders. Right. Okay. It's growing in popularity. That I know. Totally They want to play just like we do here in America. Definitely that. Uh, and I brought this up because I just ran across a European company that is promoting American flag football to their to their township. Mm-hmm. Okay, and they are doing similar to what we're doing. They're offering free equipment and um, and services to start flag football mm-hmm. in Great Britain. That's where it was at, and then. I um, came across the Jamaican League. Oh, there's okay. a Jamaican. That's football. where that question came from. Yeah, <laughs> you know, you got great track athletes in, in, in Jamaica, mm-hmm. and so now they want American football because they want their athletes to blossom just like the American uh, athletes, and because they're awesome in track, it translates into free scholarships and money opportunities. Okay, so there is a Jamaican national. Football Association. Okay. It's membership based. I forgot the email address and the uh, the actual website, but check it out. Google it. And I was amazed at all the things that they're doing to create football and to make mm-hmm. American football. Like tackle or play? Oh, tackle. This is high school. They're trying to develop their high school programs, and they're off actually offering coaching positions. Parents, I know you are a coach, and you're always looking for some 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 action. You might want to take a look at that, and you might be in Jamaica, man. You know what I'm saying? We could be kicking so Japan it. Japan has a, a team as well? Oh, yeah. Japan has a nice program. I know program. South America is big. I know that's where I hear about mostly. Right. South, South America is definitely the flag football capital of the world. They're, they're having all kinds of tournaments on the beach, in the mountains, wow. you know, all over the place, in the jungle. So let's get it together, America. Well, no, America is doing our thing. We, I mean, we're doing our thing. Well, I'm talking about for the girls, though, you know what I'm Well, saying? for us, our mission is to get the girls. Yeah. How are they creating flag football, American flag football, in another country to provide for girls, and we're not doing it here? Exactly. Okay, I understand what you're saying. So let's get it together, American, American people. You guys should be joining GFA. Should yes, be no definitely. doubt. Should be no question. Just go to the website. GirlsFootballAssociation.org, sign up. Let's get this thing rolling. Well, we've been approached about expanding to international. Yes, we have. We, we've definitely been approached uh, by a couple of folks on the other side of the border, being south border, north border, that want us to bring our program of what we're doing GFA over across the borders. Yes. And uh, I think it's great. You know, I know that in women's football, you know, we kind of created an opportunity to have, uh, friendlies, friendship games. I know I was doing something back in 2009 uh, called the the Lady Eagles. Mm-hmm. It was in USA, and I had to stop what I was doing because I was part of a league that was all of a sudden lined up with USA. But I created four games for overseas, but they didn't happen because I, I, I fell in line with what the league asked me to do. And I should have just said forget about it and just do it anyway. But me trying to follow – Everybody, I didn't, and so other people got the credit for having these friendlies and then the international play. And now I'm I'm looking up on the internet that now 
they're creating all-star teams from amongst teams, just like I was doing, and going to Canada and playing internationally. They're going to Mexico to play internationally and vice versa. And, you know, I hate the fact that these the women are still paying to play, play in these international games. Uh, I know there's a national women's football Hall of Fame game that's going to be here in December. They're hosting the whole in week Vegas? in Vegas. And I just saw an advertisement from a team owner who has a couple of players that are going to be playing in it, but they got to pay to get here. Mm-hmm. They got to be here for a whole week to practice. They got to get the uniform. They got to pay for hotel. They got to pay for food. You're looking at about a fifteen hundred to two thousand dollar vacation, and you still haven't paid for your plane ticket. So you're still looking at about twenty five hundred, three thousand bucks. Right. You know, and it's a shame that we have to go that way. Uh, but that's the way of, of, of the world. Men semi-pro football do it all the time. And so the women have taken over that same situation. And then, again, you know, with us putting together a tournament in this summer, we might have some international high schools that are going to participate. Um, so the Canada's team is the closest. You're talking about the women's team? Yeah. That's a 12-on-12? No, they'd be 11-on-11. They play American football in Canada. Uh, they don't play the 12 on 12 Canadian football. Oh, okay. At the high schools they do, and at the colleges they do. But for the women, they adopted the the 11 on 11 because they can come across. Well, Terrence, we need to get with you then. You know all these uh, up and coming teams from um, overseas. Yeah, Australia is looking for teams for to play. And like I said, I'm an advocate of of, of of hosting these games and doing these games. If you guys want to come to Vegas, we can make those things happen. You know. But, again, it's going to be costly. It goes back to our nuts and bolts of putting on events and things of that nature. It's going to be, like you just said, the $2,500. It's $2,500 minimum. Vacation. For a week's vacation to be out here, you know what I'm saying? So, um, you know, but is it good for the game? I think that's what I was trying to hit with the international. Mm-hmm. Is is it good for the game? Because when we play in our – our, our football cup, I forgot what it's called, but I've been out of it for a while. Mm-hmm. The Americans are killing everybody. Score would be like 76 to 0, mm. 55 to 6. I mean, is it really elevating the game? You know? For Americans? For Americans in the world. I mean, because the thing, America has this stigma of being the best at everything from basketball, sports wise. So every country's after America. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But at this early stage, is it good for the sport to be killing international teams by six and seven, eight touchdowns? As a fan, what do you think about that? I mean, would you go to the game knowing that your team is about to win by eight, nine, ten well, touchdowns? Well, this happens here domestically, you know, it does. kicking it internationally. And um, I think it does. I mean, then you think about all the opportunities for these players that, you know, and, of course, I'm not talking about girls or women's football because that's, you know, it's not a professional sport here, but, you know, give people opportunities who don't make the pros to go play in another country, and that's what happens a lot of the time. Right. So, I mean, I think it's a great opportunity mm-hmm. for athletes to have options right. of where they want to play or where they can play. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I think it's good on that end, but as a purist to football, Epicurist. Uh, yeah, I am. <laughs> I, I I like I I like great 
coach games, great coach athletes and good athletes going up against each other. I want a hard fall. You definitely, yeah, you High definitely scoring. want quality. You, yeah, you want quality, and sometimes. But you know what? It, it goes with learning. You know, you know that's where GFA comes in because you know we're all about football education, especially for the girls. Um, you know, increasing their IQ in football. And mm-hmm. it's, it, I guess it is something we could take internationally if it's becoming such a popular thing that we can offer that as well overseas. Right. Coach is talking about uh, Coach Jen has gone overseas and coached some of these teams up, you know. Um, and, and, and that's what it's going to take. I mean, that's why we're getting phone calls from from south of the border to Brazil uh, because they want insight on American football. Yeah, I mean, if we can create that uniformity, too. Right, definitely that. We you know? create the uniformity. I mean, that's what it's doing. But we send our best over, and, of course, we just dominate. I just think it's cool, but sometimes a waste of time. And I'm already know I'm going to win by eight touchdowns. Like, really? I'm spending my money just to come over here. Or they're coming over here. Whatever, whatever, whatever. For them, it's a big deal. Yeah. But for me and us, going out there to do it, I want competition. You know, I, I really want competition. I, I like a game where I can't sleep the week up. Quarter number four. What? We in quarter four? You short me. Hey, we got four minutes left. Yeah, I know. Quarter number four is really nothing but uh, – It's just updates and Updates highlights. and stuff like that and highlights. Uh, so hey, this, it's not just. It is. It's not just. I know, it's it. It, it is. is. It is what it is, right? <laughs> it is what it is, right? And I'm glad my man Terrence show, showed up and showed out this whole hour. That means the Browns game must be boring. <laughs> like I said, I told everybody, don't tune into the Jets and the Browns. Nobody, that ain't no Monday night. That's, that's, that's Saturday morning game, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But anyway, let's move on to quarter four. We got some updates. Uh, we got some announcements, um, you know. What's on your plate? What you mean? Right. I was actually on a podcast tonight. Were you on a podcast tonight? What's the name of the... Um, the show is called Black Girls Talk Sports. Ooh, okay. And um, based out of New Orleans, actually, it's two two um, hosts. One was based out of Connecticut, and the other one was based out of New Orleans. And then, of course, I was in Las Vegas. So mm-hmm. we did a Skype, a yes. Skype podcast. But it was half an hour, 30 minutes, mm-hmm. had the whole floor. To talk about GFA. That's awesome. That's awesome. So hey, that's and awesome. I, of course, plugged in four quarters with Coach Lee on the show. Four quarters, Coach Lee in the place. And it wasn't a live broadcast. It will be aired probably on Wednesday. It will be posted. Mm-hmm. So feel free to listen. We, we definitely will share that on on our Facebook. Uh, well, for me, tomorrow's a big day. We're gonna be signing the uh, equipment deal with a major company. So. Uh, we're going to get that locked up tomorrow so that next week you might see some product here that we might be doing just like we're doing the spill turf and some stuff like that. Uh, you know, those are some big announcements in partnership. You know, again, another announcement is that we're doing a, a major jamboree with the Las Vegas Raiders here uh, November 30th. Uh, if you don't have anything to do November week, I mean, uh, Thanksgiving weekend, weekend come, to Vegas. come to Vegas and find out what this flag football is all about. Come book, see what the jamboree is about. because it's a pretty popular weekend. Yeah, book, 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 book. They got a, they're going to have football going on all that weekend. There's a turkey, turkey bowl going on, youth football going on. So there's a lot of things that are going on. Um, but that's going to be a big thing. Announcement and all the information is going to be on our Facebook page. It's going to be on the GFA page. Uh, so that's a, a great thing coming up. 
September 19th, this week, Georgia flag football has started up. So if you're in the city of Atlanta in the seven counties within the Atlanta market, mm-hmm. you might want to check in and stop by your nearest high school and see if they have a team playing, uh, cheer them on, encourage them. Uh, New York is kicking off in the, in the spring. Uh, and then just for us, for GFA, we, we, are, we have pushed some envelopes. Arizona is looking pretty good right now. I had some conversations today mm-hmm. with some key uh, people in Arizona. Uh, San Francisco is already kicking in, um, and we're going to be talking to do a jamboree with the San Francisco 49ers in San Francisco. We're looking at doing something with the Los Angeles Rams and the Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, we're really trying to spread this, you know, through as many resources that can help the organization as possible. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's just the thing. It's all about who you know. Who you know, what you right. know, and what's going on. Because guess what? That's four quarters of Coach Lee and Carla. We're about to wrap this bad boy up. I'm not sure my girl, uh, my super-duper producer, BJ, if you have any noises to put on here, let us know. If, <laughs> if, if anybody called in, oh, well, we got to catch you next week. But I didn't realize how fast time goes when you're having fun. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, again, I want to thank all those who, who joined us. Uh, well, come on down, Coach Brown. Yeah, hey, birthday weekend, man. Hey, might get a bottle on me. Might go to Dre's. What? We got a connection at Dre's. <laughs> yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. So we can party up if you get on out here, birthday man. All right. So, anyway, uh, that's it for tonight. We got some more things coming next week. We got some more announcements. We got a, Oh, we got another meeting with uh, Wet and Wild. On the 19th, on Thursday, on Thursday. so we, 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 we're, we're doing some corporate bonding, some, some corporate sponsorships here locally on, on our big tournament that we're going to have in June. We'll give you more updates on that. But other than that, hey, this is Four Quarters of Coach Lee and Carla. We are out of here. BJ, hit that beat for me. There we go. All right, y'all. Thank y'all very much.